Welcome to the Conscious Business Leader Show. I'm Anna Choi, founder and CEO of Conscious Business Coaching, helping high achieving business leaders prevent burnout to grow in flow. Our firm empowers the next generation of global leaders who will cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness. Join us for the end of the show, where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing business inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Ready? Let's go. So today we have the lovely pleasure of having Trevor Oldham with us today of Podcasting You. How are you, Trevor? I'm doing excellent today, Gabby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. So please tell us, what is the story behind starting Podcasting You? Sure. So about five years ago, I was working a job and I was making $7.03 an hour. And I realized that $7.03 an hour really was really just wasn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. And but I was also a senior in high school at that time. So it wasn't like I could go out there and, and get a high paying job that really wasn't offered to to people who are senior in high school and, and still going to school. And so I sort of just wanted to figure out what I wanted to do next and just sort of went to Google, did on some online research and I ended up purchasing this book on Amazon and it listed the differences between the lower, middle and upper class. And, and one of those differences was the upper class had gone off and started a business. So I thought back to myself, well, I've bought and sold lemonade. I've gone door to door um, selling baseball cards and, mm-hmm. and just like small little things like that, trying to mow lawns. Any, anything I could do to make money on my own, never knew that it was called entrepreneurship, just thought it was a, a cool okay. thing. And and I realized that, wow, that people go out there and they can make money on their own. So that started a, a string of a bunch of different businesses that I had started. I had bought and sold products from Alibaba and sold those. And for those of you who are listening, it's, you can basically import products directly from China. I started selling phone cases and then I built a brand selling watches and bracelets. I started a motivational blog called Become the Lion. That grew super quickly to about 600,000 followers in the first year, but quickly realized with that company... People love motivational content, but when it comes to purchasing a product or service, it can be a little bit trickier. So it was hard to get people to buy the course and and the book and all that. So just took a break on the sidelines, started freelancing some of the skills that I had. And I saw one day someone wanted to get booked on podcasts and I figured, hey, I booked some guests for my own show. How hard could it be to get her booked on shows, got her booked on some podcasts, picked up some referrals from her, saw a couple other uh, freelance clients that wanted to get booked on shows started working with them and and all of a sudden I realized that this could be a business never really never really expecting it and about you know a, it took about a year but I really realized that wow this could be a sustainable business and then started to add employees and it sort of just took on a life on its own uh, over the past couple of years okay so really like trial and error and then also kind of mm-hmm. fell into your lap in a sense and just kind of took it as it came Exactly. And I was trying a bunch of different things. I was blog writing for people. I was editing their podcasts. And I found that getting people booked on podcasts was one, it was the most profitable. And two, it it probably took the least amount of time. You know, writing a really high quality blog post is going to take mm-hmm. five to six hours. And, and same thing with editing a podcast. It takes a lot of time. But with the right connections in the podcasting space, I can get someone booked on a show in 15 minutes to 30 minutes of my time. And I realized mm-hmm. that the value of my time was better spent uh, helping these people out. Yeah, absolutely. So then, like you said, now you're able to kind of have more flexibility in your overall life as well with dealing with this job. So how do you balance kind of your personal life and then having this business? I think the best thing is just sticking to a schedule and and sort of creating the routine. So I know that, you know, when it comes to business, Monday through Friday, always going to be working. But then when it comes to the weekend, just taking some time off to be, you know, really not focusing on work, not checking my email and, and sort of just relaxing and 
And putting that aside, and I found that by having those habits, it really helps me. But when it's go time, which is Monday through Friday for me, is I just putting in as much work as I can throughout the day. But then when it comes to the weekends, just just taking that time off. And I and I found that that balance really works. Where if I try to work like five hours on Monday, then five hours on a Saturday, mm-hmm. it just it gets me out of flow. And I found that by being in that built up that same routine throughout the week. And then of course on the weekends, it allows me to really maximize that sort of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems perfect. I mean, schedule, I mean, I'm a systematic person. So I understand as you <laughs> stick to a schedule, it makes things a lot easier even when it comes to free time. And so who would you say that you serve? Are you saying you obviously book clients for podcasts, but what would you, who would you say, who would you say you serve and like what problems do you help them solve rather than so them just we- kind of getting on podcasts by themselves? Most certainly. So we definitely serve three areas, which I consider real estate investors, entrepreneurs, Mm. and also business coaches slash consultants. We've tried a lot of different areas. We've done a lot. We've tried the health and wellness. We've tried getting lawyers on podcasts. We've tried politicians. You know, we've we've gone through pretty much everything over our company over the last couple of years. And I found that that even if someone has a great story, even if they're a politician and I love what they talk about, Sometimes it can be a lot trickier to get someone booked on a podcast where a real estate investor, it's a little bit easier for our team. And I said, why well, I'm charging them the same two prices. Why am I going to put in more work for one than the other? Um, so I went where it's a little bit easier while I was also getting the same amount of work paid. And I find that the value that we're able to offer is basically we do all the legwork for you instead of someone going out there and trying to figure out how to write a pitch, how to find the shows, how to mm. craft that pitch, how to send the emails, you know, we do all that work for them and we really just help people show up in front of their ideal listener, in front of their ideal target where they go on there and, and they do the interviews themselves. We pretty much handle everything outside of them doing the podcast interviews themselves. I wish yeah. I, I wish we could we could go on there and, and share their story, but unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't tell the story themselves, it. yeah. Yep, exactly. And like I tell people, anyone can go out there and, and get themselves booked on podcasts with enough time and enough, you know, I guess basic knowledge, but really, really like to work with people that see the value in podcasting, but just don't want to spend that time, don't want to spend that 10, five to 10 hours per week really going in there and doing the nitty gritty where our team is sort of able to take off that task from their plate. Mm -hmm. So then would you say that your business kind of helps with energy management, even for your clients, like you said, because you're able to do the nitty gritty and then it relieves them of having it to do them themselves? Oh, most certainly. And I find that's, it's almost like when I think about it, it's like almost doing getting paid to do the work that someone else doesn't want to do and, I, and and sort of building a business around that. And I think that there could be a lot of businesses out there. I know there's companies that do email management where it's a simple little task that anyone can do, but the people that very really value their time may not see the value in sitting down and sending emails out for an hour every morning, but our team, you know, we love doing that. Yeah. So I think that's really where we're able to help those uh, individuals. Absolutely. And so what are some of the obstacles maybe you see some of your coworkers, even clients face as far as energy management? Obviously, you do lift some off their plate, but I'm sure they have other struggles as well outside the business. I find that typically just taking on too many tasks at once and trying to get too many things done. And what I recommend to them is is creating a checklist throughout the week. And what I do for me is every Sunday, I'll go back through and write down what I want to get done that week and what absolutely must necessarily get done. And I always focus on on that on a Monday. And I find that by taking a checklist of anywhere from, you know, five items I need to get done for the week to 10 items I need to get done for a week. And it's sort of creating a priority around that. So I know that, all right, if I don't get to the eighth or ninth or 10th item, that's going to be okay. I can, I can move it forward to next week, but I must get done to the first, second, third item this week. And 
I found that by by prioritizing those items that even if you are busy, it's going to allow you to get the work done that's going to be the most valuable. And I find that when it comes to our clients or even my team members, when they ask me like, what should we do with this particular client? Well, what's going to be the most value add to them? What's going to help move the company forward? What's going to allow them to move forward? And it always just comes back to prioritizing the right tasks because we can prioritize the wrong tasks which which could be email management you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and things like that that you feel as though you're being productive but at the end of the day did you really get that much done Mm. it can also be like a waste of time and energy too on the wrong things and how would you say you kind of figure out what the right and wrong things are because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with where they think they have to get certain things done but really it's like that could have waited versus other things how would you say you can decipher the two I think it really comes down to me and myself. At least what I do is, is I'll look at it and write down everything I need to do and just make a core decision. If I don't get this done, how is it going to impact the business mm. this week? Is it going to cause me to move back or is it going to cause me to move forward? As, it, as an example, I'm working on a landing page for real estate investors for the company. And I know that I absolutely have to get that done this week because if I don't get it done and I get it pushed off to next week, well, then it's going to be another week of you know losing money because I don't want to be sending people to it where if it's not completely finished versus where right now I'm working on an email funnel for my business where you know I don't pick up a lot of customers through my email so that can okay. be pushed off to next week and it's not going to be the end of the business so it's really again just mm-hmm. prioritizing and, and looking at those tasks and managing them and, and then being true to myself and, and realizing what do I really like to do and that was a big thing for me in business was looking at the certain tasks that I do day to day, like I hate sending emails out. I hate, you know, it's funny that Same. we pitch people, we, we pitch people as a company, but I hate, I hired employees because I, I got to that point where I just didn't like sending pitches out for people. I knew <laughs> that I could hire employees to do it. And it's like, I don't want to be doing that anymore. And I can mm-hmm. go out and I can delegate that to someone to do it where I realize my value comes in one, you know, taking sales calls for the company. And then also two, doing podcast interviews for the company. And those are pretty much the only two tasks that I really want to be doing, mm. you know, on a day-to-day basis and realizing that there are some tasks where I could hire someone where they're going to be glad to do. And I can tell you like my employees that send out pictures, like they absolutely love it. And we get, you know, we so can get some great feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, that's great. I, I don't enjoy doing that, but I brought you onto this team to do it. And, and it sort of just works well. And I, I think that happens over time. I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that you can, it can happen overnight. You know, it really took me, you know, a long time to really hone in. Cause I remember being, you know, starting off wearing, all the hats that I could, you know, doing absolutely everything. I think over time you really learn what you like to do and what you don't like to do. Absolutely. I think that's so true. It's like, cause also if you're doing a task that you hate, it's really inconvenient and waste of time for everyone because now it could take longer. It could be a you know, waste of resources. So why not delegate to someone like you said, who loves it, who loves pitches and you love doing the sales and the podcast interviews. Exactly. And there's always going to be someone out there that's going to love you know, what you hate to do and, and vice versa, <laughs> yes. you know, and if you just look hard enough, and I recommend even a site like Upwork, we can go out there and hire freelancers. You can have them do a one-off job, especially like if we need something to do in design. I know nothing about design. My team doesn't really know anything about design, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I can go off and, and I can pay someone for, you know, $50 to $100, whatever their time may be and, and what they charge and, and they'll get it done quicker than I could ever do it if I tried to learn all those skill sets on my own. So it's really just using that sort of leveraging the power of other people to help your company. Perfect. And so you mentioned how most times you don't get customers through email. So what is the best way then to become a client of yours for your business? Yep. So typically we find that one is doing these podcast interviews like like we are doing today and, and sharing the story. <laughs> and then also we, we really like to pump in referrals and we started and we created an affiliate program for referrals and we find that that's one of the best ways to do it. When in the past, 
we would go out there and, and cold email people. Mm-hmm. We would get a lot of calls scheduled with people that would be somewhat interested, but at the end of the day, wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't really care. Mm-hmm. Or people that when we would tell them the price, they'd be like, oh, I, I never wanted to pay that. And we found that sometimes it could be a waste of time. And, and the close rate on that was probably about 10% versus okay. when we're talking to people where they come in through referrals, it's about 70%, which is why we want to be generous to the people that we bring in. So like when we take on a new client and we work with them for a two or three month period and we do have success with them, we'll reach out to them about our referral program. We'll get them set up with the tools that they need to promote it. And then obviously we pay them on the back end once they refer someone to us and we work with okay. them. And, and we find that that's really been a driving source for our company. But early on, really, it was just using a, a site like Upwork and looking for jobs. I would go on every day and, and type in like podcast booking or podcast guesting and I would apply to every job and, and that allowed me to build my client base in the beginning. And then over time I was able to take it offline because I was able to get enough um, referrals. Okay. But you know, that's for someone starting off. But once you do have enough clients, it's it's really honing in on those referrals because those conversations are a lot easier than if you're going out there and, and cold emailing cold these people. Mm-hmm. If they come if they come in as a nice warm lead, you know, it's a, it's gonna be a lot easier to sell them your product or your service, especially if they come from a friend. Absolutely. If it's referral, you kind of already know that there is that interest already rather than hoping and wishing they said through a cold email. Exactly. And I feel like they're not going to waste your time as much where just based on my experience, there's, there's so many calls I've gone through, you know, through cold leads and, mm-hmm. and they just, I, I had one the other day and I was talking to the guy and I was pitching my service and he said, well, don't you pay me to go book? Don't you? He thought that we paid him to get on podcasts. I was like, no, that's not, you pay us to get you booked on podcast. <laughs> We're helping you. We're providing the service. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, sometimes these people, you know, they may not understand our full services where, again, if it comes through a, a referral, I, I think they would have a pretty good understanding. So I was like, yeah, this doing referrals is a lot better than uh, doing that sort of cold email outreach. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. So you have the referrals, you had podcastingyou.com, your website. Is there any other, are there any other platforms that people can go to just to even follow you all or get more information about your business? I'm sure so they can check us out. Um, on Instagram is another big site that we're always posting, you know, client interviews and also some motivational quotes. So they can check it out um, there as well. And then typically our website as well, uh, podcastingyou.com. Perfect. Well, Trevor Oldham, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing that information. I'm sure there are a lot of people who would love to get booked through your business. Thank you for your time. Perfect. Thank you, Gabby. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Business Leader Podcast. If you're a conscious business leader or entrepreneur who would like to be on the program, please visit annasunchoy.com slash apply. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. And if you do that, tag us with the hashtag ConsciousBusinessLeader. Now, can you also hook us up now to your podcast player and just give us a thumbs up or a rating and review? Your feedback helps us better empower that next generation of global leaders to cause a tipping point in elevating humanity's consciousness through being a loving presence. While you're at it, hit the subscribe button. You know why? Because each week you're going to be inspired and energized 15 minutes a day. My name is Anna Choi. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at annasunchoi.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Conscious Business Leader Movement. Thank you.